Jesus comes into the temple and he tells a story. It's important to always know the context of Jesus' stories. Just the day before, that was the day that he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. Maybe you remember that story. The, the crowds are going nuts. They're excited, um, they're singing, they're shouting. They acclaim him as the messianic son of David. Uh, that's a big deal. Uh, Matthew tells us that the whole city was in, in turmoil because of him. Uh, they, they were asking, who is this guy? That's a question that, that we ask a lot too. You know, we wanna know who, who God is. We wanna know who Jesus is. Anyway, the crowd say, this is, this is Jesus, the prophet, uh, the prophet from Nazareth and from, from Galilee. And right after that, uh, Jesus goes into the temple and, and he turns the tables over. He becomes angry at, at, at what he finds there. And then um, blind people and lame people, uh, they, they start coming up to him in the temple and, and he heals them. And so that gets the crowds excited again. And so like this, this proclamation or, or acclamation, this, this shouting, this crying out, it starts again, Hosanna to the son of David. Well, that makes the chief priests and the scribes angry. And, and so they look at Jesus and they say, do you not hear what these people are saying? And Jesus is kind of like, yeah, I do. And it's true. And so that night he leaves Jerusalem and, and he goes to, to spend the night with some friends in Bethany, which wasn't far away. The next morning, uh, he's on his way back into Jerusalem with his disciples and he's hungry. He hasn't had breakfast. And so he sees a fig tree and he walks over to this fig tree and, and the tree has no fruit, no figs. And Jesus gets angry and he curses the fig tree. Well, he comes back into Jerusalem and he's teaching in the temple and uh, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders, um, they immediately approach him while Jesus is teaching. And, and they're like, by what authority are you doing these things? You know, kind of, and it's kind of like, I'm thinking the attitude is like, who do you think you are? And so Jesus tells them this story. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a, a hedge around it or, or a fence around it and he, and he dug a wine press and, and he built a watchtower. And then uh, he leased it to some tenants and then he went off to a faraway country. Well, when the time came for the harvest, uh, the landowner who owned the vineyard, uh, he sent his slaves to the tenants uh, to, to collect the, the produce that, that they owed him. Well, when the, the, the tenants saw uh, the owner's slaves coming, they, they seized the slaves um, and, and they, they beat them and, and stoned them and, and, and killed them. Well, the landowner uh, sends m uh, more slaves uh, the second time, more than the first. These tenants do the exact same thing to them. Well, then the landowner says, I'll send my son. They'll listen to him. Well, when the tenants see the landowner's son coming, they say, look, here comes the heir. And so they take him and they take him out of the city uh, and they kill him. And so Jesus tells this story and, and then he, he looks at the, the people that are gathered around him. And he says, what do you think that the landowner would do to these tenants. Well, everybody's like, well, of course, he's, he's going to be really angry and he's going to come and it's going to be a, a, a miserable experience uh, uh, for these tenant farmers. 
And they said, and then he's going to take uh, his vineyard um, and lease it to someone else, someone who's going uh, to give him the fruit that's his due uh, when the harvest comes. Well, well Jesus uh, quotes uh, some scripture to them. He says, have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? That was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that produces the fruits of the kingdom. Now, for those people who were actually there in the temple, hearing this story as Jesus told it, um, they would have been familiar with, with every detail of it. Uh, they, they would have been familiar with the entire process in the same way that, that you and I might be familiar with all that plays out um, with, a, with a farmer and, and the process of uh, getting the hay from, from the hay field and uh, getting it into the barn or uh, the farmer in the, in the cornfield uh, driving out to, uh, to hot springs or through Crabtree. I, I see these huge cornfields and uh, probably for feeding the cattle and stuff. And I have no idea how that's processed or what that looks like, but the people in that community would. They would, they would know the details, especially if it was their farm. Or, or driving around and, and seeing uh, all of the, the tomatoes being grown. And, um, you know, I saw a sign, uh, maybe it was in Ingalls, where uh, these, these tomatoes uh, that I was buying were, were local from, from one of these farms. Um, it would have been like that. Um, they, they would have been familiar um, with all of it. They were also uh, familiar with the story from Isaiah, uh, the text from Isaiah chapter 5 that we read today. So, so they would have known um, that the vineyard um, in the story, the vineyard represented Israel, the nation of Israel. Uh, they would have known that um, God is the landowner, uh, that, it's, that it's God's vineyard. Uh, they would have known that the, the tenant farmers, actually, they realized that Jesus was talking about them, these religious leaders, um, the, the scribes and the Pharisees. I mean, they were the ones that God had entrusted with the welfare of the nation. And, and then um, the, the slaves, um, the, the messengers, um, both times, those, those represented the prophets. When, when God would send prophets to the nation of Israel uh, to speak truth, uh, to, to shed light on, um, eh, you probably shouldn't do these things, uh, this is the stuff that the, the kingdom is about, um, a lot of times they were rejected and, and even killed. And the son... Um, that one may be kind of obvious. Of course, the, the, the son is, is Jesus. Now, this parable teaches us a lot of things. It, it teaches us a lot of things about God. Uh, a New, New Testament scholar, um, Andrew Purvis, uh, he said this, uh, Embedded within this parable of rejection of and deadly violence against the landowner's son is the reminder that the heart of faith is relationship with Jesus. The tenants did not seize and kill an idea, a principle, or a system of doctrine. They seized and killed the landowner's son. The gospel comes to us as a person. You know, last week we talked about um, our commitment to, to pray and to be present. And, and I think that highlights... Uh, uh, the importance of that. Another thing 
that really stands out in this story is, is God's expectation for us. God expects God's people to, to care for the kingdom, that, that God expects fruitfulness, that God expects Israel to, to grow grapes. <laughs> and, and so this, this parable kind of predicts this judgment on Israel for their failure to produce grapes. So in, in the Isaiah text, verse 7, For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the people of Judah are his pleasant planting. He expected justice. God expected justice, but saw bloodshed, righteousness, but heard a cry. Fall is traditionally the time when we reflect on stewardship. This idea that you and I are God's vineyard, that we are God's pleasant planting. And, and so we reflect on or, or ask this question, um, how are we doing uh, with all of this, with God's expectations for us to, to live fruitful and, and God's expectation for us to steward the kingdom well? I looked up in Webster's Dictionary the, the definition of a steward, and um, I, I wasn't surprised by it. A steward is a manager. It's, it's that person uh, or persons who uh, manage household business, uh, the accounts, the rents. Um, I, I was interested to see uh, it referenced an employee uh, on, a, on a ship or an airplane, um, a, uh, a, a bus or a train. Uh, that, that kind of manages uh, the, the food service part, you know, the, the provisions for, uh, for the passengers and such. Um, our stewardship theme this year, uh, for such a time as this, um, it was chosen in part because we realized that these times we're living in now, I mean, they're really different. Uh, they're really interesting. In, in fact, they're just weird times. And so as, as we enter into a season of stewardship, we're, we're asking that question, what does stewardship look like in times like this? I, I'm constantly reminded of the, the stuff that we've lost. Um, and, and I'm constantly feeling the sadness at the stuff that, that we've lost this year. And uh, I'm realizing um, that, that we've lost our opportunities to steward in so many ways. I mean, just, just being in this kitchen, I love this kitchen. So much happens out of this kitchen. And, and I think about Pancake Day. You all told me about Pancake Day when I first got here. And for six months, I, I heard you tell me about Pancake Day. And man, and when I experienced my first Pancake Day, I was literally blown away. Not just at the thousands of people who walked through these, these gym doors, uh, to, to receive pancakes and buckwheat pancakes and, and bacon and, and, and sausage and really good coffee. I was blown away at how many of you gave such a chunk of your time, not only in preparing for that day, but just giving your, your time to serve that day uh, and to clean up from that day and to advertise that day. I mean, it was really amazing. Uh, I think of the, the loaves and, and fishes, uh, the catfish. Now that's some amazing fish. Um, how this kitchen was used and how the United Methodist men you know, spearheaded that, that whole thing and, and the whole operation, which reminds me of you know, the monthly uh, 
United Methodist men's meetings that had cook teams in this kitchen and, and, and serving uh, in, in such a, a fantastic way. I, I, I think about uh, wonderful Wednesdays. We've lost our time together on Wednesdays in this place, like walking into this kitchen and, and, and seeing and smelling the food and, and seeing all of you volunteer and associated with our wonderful Wednesdays, like the Music Makers programs. Uh, we on staff, we've talked a lot about how many of you who, who such a big and important part of your life is giving your life um, and, and being stewards of God's kingdom by pouring your life into these Music Makers kids. Um, and, and, and you can begin thinking now all of the other ways um, that, that we serve in this place from, from teaching and, and, and caring for, for one another. I, I think of the, of the chicken pot pies. Um, man, those chicken pot pies are amazing. And all of the work that not only goes into uh, to, to cooking and creating those things, but, but then to, uh, to sell them and, and to, to deliver them. As I think about all that stuff, I realize that we've lost a lot and that we need to, to grieve it and we need to name it because I've shared some examples, you know, like when we have winter palooza and when we have rise against hunger, I come into this kitchen and I, and I get a corn dog and some tater tots, a really healthy vegetarian meal. There are things that you're thinking of that I didn't mention, not just that are, that are connected with this space, but just with our life together in general the ways that you steward, the ways that you give, and the ways that you serve, uh, and you're feeling that, that void. And so my question is, is, is what do we do about that? Well, it's kind of like everything else. We, we've had to adapt. We've had to adapt with worship in all the ways uh, that, we're, that we're trying to worship together. Uh, our prayer life has had to be adapted as a community and, and, and so on. And I think, I think it's the same with this. How do we keep keeping on? I mean, you know, there's, there are a lot of things that haven't stopped. And a lot of you are, are coming in here and you're, you're making chili and you're making stew and spaghetti and, and you're freezing it. And we're, we're, we're serving that at the, at the Friendship House on, on Saturday mornings. Uh, a lot of you are cooking and, and taking food to, to Pathways and you're doing stuff for Haywood Christian Ministry. Like those are really important uh, uh, ministries in our community, doing stuff for, for the Pigeon Center. I mean, we're finding ways to steward, but I think it's also uh, an opportunity for us to say, how are we going to adapt? Uh, what does me being a steward of, of God's kingdom as a vital part of First United Methodist Church in Waynesville, what does that look like? I know when Chan was in New York City and, and uh, I was in quarantine and, and isolated at home, uh, Wells Greeley calls me, he said, Kathy's made you a, a chicken casserole, and he brought me a chicken casserole, and it was amazing. Um, that kind of thing uh, is inspiring. Just the other day, Chan went apple picking with a friend in Hendersonville. And she came back with all these apples and she was like, I, I think I want to make an apple cake for our neighbor. And so she did. And so I'm taking this, this fresh, hot, out of the oven apple cake to our, our next door neighbor who, who just had a, a beautiful baby girl. What are the things that we can do when we realize that maybe our arena for being stewards has, has shifted from this space to some space in our community. Uh, maybe it's next door, or, or maybe it's down the road, or maybe it's in the next county. But that our prayer becomes, God, God show us what that looks like. Um, we learn something about, about Jesus in this story. First of all, Jesus' identity. You know, we talked about that in the confirmation class this week, that, that Jesus is the Son of God, Jesus incarnate. Uh, he's not just one of God's prophets. Jesus is God. Uh, but we also learn um, 
something of Jesus' sacrifice. And as he's telling this story, Jesus is aware uh, of what's just ahead of him. In just a few days is his arrest and his crucifixion and his death. Um, his commitment uh, to, to God's kingdom and to us, uh, it was amazing. You know, being a good steward is not always easy. And these times that, that we're living in, they're not easy times. But there's one thing that I know. We will figure this thing out. You and I. Because we were made for such a time as this. And to that, I give thanks to God.